0: Hello everyone, welcome to The Creation Podcast, the show where we discuss science that confirms scripture. I'm your host, Trey, and today with me, I have Dr. Brian Thomas, ICR Research Scientist and Paleo Biochemist. Uh, we're glad to have you on the show today, Dr. Thomas. Pleasure's mine. All right. So today, um, normally we talk about science. Uh, today we're actually going to be talking a little bit about history. Uh, but it's uh, it's it's tangentially related as we discuss dragon legends. Um, of course, dragon legends are across the world. We hear them from all all continents. Uh, let's start with a simple question: Are dragons real?
1: Are I mean, is a is a present tense verb. Yes. So, uh, are 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 dragons alive today? Is kind of what what I'm hearing in that question, and I don't know of any. <laughs> Uh, but but if you if you were to ask me, were dragons real? I might have to say probably so in certain places and at certain times.
0: Okay. Uh, well, today we have this this word dinosaur, um, and I know that the word dinosaur has not existed forever. Uh, could you tell us where that word came from?
1: Oh wow! I get to be pop quizzed on this show. Yes. Oh man. Uh, so. Uh, 1842 is uh, the invention of the word um, dinosaur. Terrible lizard, referring to fossils. Right. And so, um, but the word dragon, of course, has been in European languages for a lot longer than that. Right. Long before the word dinosaur was invented. So that's why, for example, we see the word dragon in some of the earlier Bible translations, Mm -hmm. translating the, the Hebrew tanim, uh, they used the, those earlier translators used the word uh, dragon as though it was a real creature mm-hmm. or, or a real class of creatures or, or you know a, a type of maybe reptilian type of creature
0: right and so uh, what we see here when we when we talk about dragons is they couldn't have used a word that they didn't that they didn't have right
1: oh so if someone were to say um, if the if dinosaurs are in the bible then why doesn't the word dinosaur occur in the bible the answer would be because there's a long history of translating the word tanim into the word dragon uh, and uh, different different words before the word uh dinosaur was even invented but if i were to translate the bible i might insert the word (laughs) dinosaur in a few places right yeah
0: okay awesome uh And I know that we live in a world where the fantasy genre is rampant and we see dragons in all sorts of movies and books and TV shows. And, uh, um, so if, if you're telling me that, uh, dragons were real in certain places and in certain times, uh, I guess my next, my next question to you would be, do those dragons line up with the dragons that we see today in media?
1: Oh, the historical
0: dragons. Yes.
1: In, in other words, what what creatures were our ancestors referring to when they used the word dragon? Right. And do those creatures, you know, uh, do those creatures match sort of what we see in in movies and kids right. shows? And I'd say no. Does it doesn't match. Right. But um, but that's based on information about what our ancestors were looking at. Mm-hmm. Where do we get that information? Well, they drew pictures. Right. They carved images. Of what they were looking, uh, of what possibly they were looking at. Mm-hmm. So, and they actually wrote descriptions of what they saw and witnessed. And so, those are the those are the records that we go to. That's why we're interested in this type of history, is because there's something to look at uh, that gives us, you know, they say a picture is worth a thousand words. Right. There are pictures to see. Um, now, um, when we do this, it, you have to be careful because. It turns out that most of the depictions, w- whether it's carvings or drawings or we call it text illuminations, which is like drawing inside of a book, mm. uh, most of the depictions of a of what we might call or they might have called a dragon don't match anything we know from fossils. Okay. In other words, they don't match a di- any particular dinosaur or any particular uh, other uh, extinct reptile. Um, in other words, they're just a generalized yeah it looks reptilian right and so either we haven't yet discovered the fossil that that you know matches that particular drawing or carving or whatever, or the artist back then was just trying to portray a general mm-hmm. hey, it's a big scary thing, you know it's a monster it's right? a monster, it's, and so yeah. there's a real monster and, and and so anyway um but those so those are interesting, but the really interesting ones uh descriptions, carvings artwork those the, the really interesting ones are those that match specific anatomical features of extinct creatures that we only know from fossils okay yeah
0: yeah do you uh, i assume you do uh you are an expert after all do you have any uh examples of uh, of of any of those things that match what we know today from the fossil record
1: well, I'm, I'm not an expert in, in the technical sense, but I've just been reading up, you know, like you have an interest in this in this topic. Yes, so.
0: because I am a nerd. Dragons right. are awesome. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so so fire breathing, flying dragons. I don't see any histor- historical evidence of that. You know, in the little kid shows, they have this big fat dragon with teeny tiny wings. Well, that's just, that's not anatomically responsible. Wouldn't be
0: able to fly anyway, right? Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So that's not what we're talking about when we say the word dragon. So let's just say for the rest of this episode, when we use the word dragon, we're referring to an actual animal that once interacted with our ancestors and that they came up with a word for it. Sure. Uh, And by the way, like you said, every culture around the globe you said every continent but it's every it's hundreds of cultures mm-hmm. and each of these cultures each language has its own word for big scary reptilian monster uh, sometimes it's just the word monster um of course dragon but in china it's the word long and they have so they have a word for uh, for dragon uh, and and all, and all the different even the north american native american languages they all have words that, that uh, So where do you, why do you have a word to describe a thing if it's not really a thing to describe? Right. <laughs> it's, and so that, it's all over the place. How did over.
0: everyone just randomly come up with this fictional creature to insert into its own history, right?
1: Right. And I, I guess if I can just sort of zoom out real mm-hmm. quick, what's at stake is if we see depictions and carvings and whatnot and historical written descriptions of dragons, and they end up being real. And if those match what we see from fossils, then that totally reshapes our view of history, right? So that that, that sort of flies in the face of this idea that the fossils were deposited millions of years before hu- humans mm-hmm. supposedly evolved. And instead, it brings these dinosaurs um, up right into mixing with humans in human history. Right Now that's just anathema to the secular mind, to even think in those terms, um, which is why they don't look at the evidence that we're talking about today. <laughs> because why examine evidence that refutes the way you believe about the past?
0: Because we all know mm. that dinosaurs slash dragons uh, lived millions of years ago. There's no way that they encountered humans, right? Uh,
1: well, yeah, so... But and that, so that's sort of a secular, a circular yeah. argument. Mm-hmm. They can't be, they can't be actual, you know, dinosaurs that they drew because dinosaurs had been long extinct. Right. Well, wait a minute. Let's actually look at the evidence before dismissing it. See what the evidence actually shows. Because what it shows is okay. So, for example, we went to Carlisle Cathedral in the north of England, mm-hmm. and in the floor of the cathedral is a rug, and if you ask. Like my wife did very nicely. If you ask the rector uh, to, can you please, re- you know, move this rug so we can look at Bishop Bell's tomb in the floor? Uh, they buried their bishops in the floor of the cathedrals. I don't know why. This is a different culture. You a little know. odd, but yeah. yeah. So if you do that, you can you can look at the beautiful brass artwork that decorated his tomb. Mm-hmm. You know, under the floor there, and it's got it's got a brass. Um, it's really sm- tiny, like a one-inch thick uh, brass um, band. Mm-hmm. It's like a rectangular shape that wraps around um, his tomb area. And, and along that long, skinny brass band, is, you, you've got little carvings, just carved in brass. And you've got creatures that look familiar, like a pheasant, uh, an eel, just regular, you know, a fox, regular plants and animals, mostly animals. But then there's two there's two creatures that are that are uh, inter with long necks and those necks are intertwined mm. and in fact their legs go straight down and I mean they they look like sauropod dinosaurs. Right. I mean, you look at them. It, you could take these images right off of this. It was made in like 1406, so before, way before the word dinosaur was ever invented, right. um, and even before the King James version. The Bible was translated, you know this is really old it's medieval medieval, but you could take these images and plop them onto a a, a children's book on dinosaurs mm-hmm. and just turn the page like it was like it was meant to be there so that's how spitten image the spitten that's how spitten the image is of a spitten image of a dinosaur a sauropod so sauropods were dinosaurs shaped like. I'm I'm quizzing you here. Oh man. Which ones were these? These long are, necks. These are the long necks. Long necks, necks yes. Yeah. So it looks like two long necks intertwined, long tails. And then I you know, so we saw it, we 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 took a little photo, and unfortunately my photo was blurry. You go you go all the way overseas and you go all through that effort, and it's like, well, the focus wasn't working uh, on autofocus. Unfortunate. Should have yeah. brought a
0: cameraman with you. That's right. Yeah.
1: yeah. So next time we'll, we'll we'll do that. But of course, next time the rector probably won't. Won't want us in, in, in messing with his stuff. But anyways, anyways, I'm, I'm looking at other people's photos of it, and um, and I'm and I'm noticing that one of the tails of these two, what looked like maybe fighting sauropods, mm-hmm. one of the tail, the tip of the tail, it's got it's got bumps, and you can count them. Now this has been walked on for hundreds of years before they covered it with a rug to protect it. Right. So all that, all that tromping has worn down some of the etching of it. So, um, but it's easy to reconstruct um, and to get a full picture of what looked like two sauropods. It looked like that to me anyways. Well, the tail's got four little spikes on it. So I thought to myself, um, are there examples in the fossil world of sauropod dinosaurs with tail spikes on the end of the long, skinny sauropod tail? And sure enough, in the 1990s, paleontologists uncovered Shunosaurus, mm. um, for example. That's just one example. And it turns out that Shunosaurus had four tail spikes. And how many tail spikes did this one have in Carlisle Cathedral? Four. Count them, four. Yeah. So, so these are the kinds of anatomical details that suggest maybe they, were, maybe they had firsthand knowledge or maybe secondhand knowledge of some of the creatures that they were, that they were carving. Right you know that's just so that's one example that really piques our interest
0: and it, it it's interesting to me that they knew of this in the 1400s and then in the 1900s we late 1900s we find evidence that corroborates what we already see back here, but then in the scientific community, that connection is just kind of ignored um, what, what's what's going on there? Um, oh,
1: well, over the course of centuries you lose you you lose that knowledge, you lose right. the information, yeah, so in other words, you know grandpa saw a dragon well then the then the next generation comes about well i haven't seen a dragon mm. so so great great grandpa we heard that he said that he saw a dragon mm. and then by the time you get to the fifth generation it's like whatever
0: yeah who cares <laughs> you i don't even know who that is in yeah who that, is that yeah. who even is
1: that i mean who knows anything about it? so unless you have it recorded in some way you're going to lose that information and in successive generations, which, right. by the way, is why we have the Bible, which has transcended all the generations. Mm-hmm. And so we have an accurate uh, record in the Scripture itself uh, of where we came from. And uh, that record says, day six, God created the great creatures. Mm-hmm. And later on day six, God created Adam and Eve. So if, if that's true, then we'd have the great creatures, including the dinosaurs, Created on the same day as Adam and Eve. That means we have dinosaurs and other what we'd think of from fossils as extinct reptiles or whatever right. uh, alive all on that same day. You know, together in history.
0: You no know, millions of years required. No, no,
1: no, none of that in the Bible. And uh, so, so when we see depictions of uh, with the exact anatomy that we that we would know from fossils, um, then we're, we're thinking to ourselves okay, you know what this this kind of does fit what the Bible's been teaching all along. Right. God did create these creatures, um, these all the great creatures, um, you know, in the beginning, alongside mankind or uh, humankind, if you want to put it that way. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that's so that's what we see in some of these some of this some of this artwork. Okay, another one. Yeah. So years after that, I was able to go to Wales, mm-hmm. uh, and in Wales there's a place called St David's Cathedral. And it's another one of these medieval cathedrals. But this time, I was looking at a, what they call a misericord, um, and it's a carving on the bottom of a, of a flip-up bench. Okay. So the priests would stand for hours, and so they'd have these like like little benches that they could flip down. They were on a hinge. Mm-hmm. And you could sort of, they could sort of lean their rear ends on these little benches as they're sort of lean-slash-standing-slash-leaning-slash-not-quite-sitting. Anyway, you flip them up, uh, to, and you could see the bottom of them, and there's all kinds of carving in in wood, mm-hmm. uh, beautiful oak carvings. One of them, one of them is this not sauropod dinosaur, and it's a, I mean, it's a spitting image of a sauropod dinosaur in St. David's Cathedral. And you can just walk right up to it and take pictures of you, of you many pictures of it as you want, so you can compare the anatomy uh, of what what we see in this carving with fossils. And it turns out that this one in St. David's matches. An African sauropod fossil uh, of, of of a creature called Brachytracolopan. and so this is a short necked, long neck. <laughs> it was relatively shorter neck, okay, um, and it had a wide mouth, and boy, it just looks like that exactly. Now it does have these little silly looking wings, uh, you know, carved onto the sides. Mm. Totally functionless; they wouldn't have been able to lift anything. Uh, compared to the large body size of that right so that's a separate question is why would the ancient artist put wings on a on a um, dragon i think the answer is not because he or she thought that it could fly or that it actually had wings anatomically but if you look at medieval art as a whole they stuck wings on all their dragons right it was like a an artistic expression or way of saying this here is a dragon mm. And whether or not it actually had wings,
0: standard in issue a, wings.
1: Standard yeah. issue yes. <laughs> wings. So, in other words, is that reasonable? Is it reasonable to think that the artist had first or second-hand um, knowledge of the of how this animal looked? Well, how else do you explain the exact anatomical one-to-one match mm. uh, with everything except the wings, the little bitty wing thing? So. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's got the right size and shape of feet, of legs, the right length of tail, right length of neck, the right width of the face. I mean, all of it matches what what he should have he or she should have had no knowledge of at all until paleontology, um, you know, in the late nineteenth or twentieth century. Which century was that?
0: <laughs> uh, 20th century, nineteen hundreds. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Okay. So we've got two great examples. It reminds me of. Uh, in, in my own reading, uh, read about Marco Polo who wrote this book about his, his own travels. And, um, in it, uh, he, he wrote about some creatures that he encountered that seemed very dragon like. And when he brought it back, you know, uh, the book was actually nicknamed like the million lies or something like that. Cause everyone thought that he was just uh, making stuff up. Uh, they're like, there's no way that any of this is real, but then Uh, after he, and even to his deathbed, he was like, "Nope, everything that I wrote down, this was real. This was real. And you know, there's, there's some stuff in there that could be questionable, but, uh, it comes out after the fact that after he died, when more people actually went and traveled in the places that he traveled, they're actually like, wow he was actually telling the truth about a lot of this. It's just, it's interesting to see. It's like that loss of knowledge that, that you had mentioned over time. uh, And if you're not in the same geographical location, I mean, the earth uh, on an astronomical scale is not huge, but I mean, there's a lot of land here and one person back then couldn't travel everywhere and see all the things that there were to see. So, right. Uh, Yeah.
1: That's interesting that you've read that and, and uh, study that. So, so he encountered what, you know what they would have called in China back then—a long—and mm-hmm. and maybe that's why it's depicted on the Chinese zodiac, their calendar, even to this day. Right. And the calendar is what uh, several millennia old, mm-hmm. and it's got a chicken. You know, the year of the the year of the rat, the year of the tiger, the year of the this, this and then one of them is the year of the long. Mm-hmm. So why would you have a, a calendar system that has a series of known animals, right. and then you throw in a fictional animal that's like? doesn't match at all, the theme. <laughs> right. uh, instead, it looks like, if we're keeping with the theme of animals, that the long would have been an animal, alive at that time right. when the calendar was created. Or a, a sauropod, alive at the time when St. David's, you know, misery cords were carved. Mm-hmm. Or alive at that time when uh, Bishop Bell was interred in, in the floor of the cathedral.
0: So we, we have these examples. I, I guess I guess the question remains is, so if they did exist, uh, if dragons were real, what, what happened between then and now? Uh, where, where did they go? Uh, I mean, because uh, we don't see them walking around today.
1: We don't. And I kind of, uh, you know, half of me is like, oh, man, they've gone extinct. Right. We're now missing the, the, the joy and the wonder being able to see these, these, uh, these creatures. But on the other hand, whew, yeah. we dodge the monster bullet. That's right. That's right. <laughs> and, we, and we can let our kids play in the street without fear of them being eaten. Right. Uh, at, you know, except for coyotes, but that's another subject. <laughs> so, but speaking of coyotes and wolves and bears, we're in Dallas, mm-hmm. which used to be the home of uh, buffalo or we should call bison. Mm-hmm. Bears, I live on Bear Creek Road. But there's no bears within 100 miles of here anymore. Right. So they've been extirpated or made extinct in this region. Um, and so now they, they live elsewhere. Well, let's say you extirpate dinosaurs from this wetlands region because we, they were wetland creatures, we're convinced based on the fossils and the depictions. Okay. If you see these depictions, this sometimes these um, the, the ancient artists, the, most of them medieval European uh, put their dragons in a in a wetlands or a swamp or a you know you know uh, like a river system. Uh, so we know we know a few things about that. We know that in the 1700s, 1800s, these kings were uh, across Europe were draining the swamps mm. and making new land habitable for more people. And what happens when you remove a creature's habitat?
0: It goes elsewhere or it, it goes dies. goes elsewhere
1: where it dies, like the bears. They're no mm-hmm. longer here, even though we have names left over from when they were here. Mm-hmm. By the way, mm-hmm. European places have names left over from when dragons were there. Like in Germany, they have the city named Worms. We, Well, they might pronounce it Worms or something different, yeah. but, but that's just, uh, that's their ancient name for a long, slender reptile. Uh, and in France, they have the place names like um, salamander, Mm -hmm. which doesn't mean the same thing as it does today. today. So back then, salamanders referenced reptiles, large, scary reptiles. And by the way, if you go to Chateau du Blois in the Blois Valley, uh, this thing is covered with hundreds of carvings of what they used to call salamander. Um, Doesn't look like anything like today's salamander, right? right. (laughs) So, you know, names and their meanings change over centuries. Mm So I know I'm digressing. Sorry, I'm getting back to another example. But, I mean, it's a spidden image of a Plateosaurus that we know only from fossils. So what happened to them? Mm -hmm. Well, it was a hunting lodge built in the 1400s. Back then, their hunting lodges were castles (laughs) (laughs) for royalty.
0: Seems safe, yeah. Uh,
1: But um, what happened? Historically, we know that the, the, the Blois Valley was once wetlands and they drained it and now they farm it so they've been farming it you know for hundreds of years well the dragons went away Mm -hmm. you know because their habitat was gone so that's the same reason why today's big creatures go extinct or get extirpated from one region it's because people move in drain the swamps east texas just down Mm -hmm. the road was a huge wetlands area totally drained they they what's the word canalized the river systems mm-hmm. here, the pioneers did, and so um, so now you it's a completely different. I mean, it used to be packed with beavers. Beavers are beavers have moved away too. So anyway, climate change is another uh, factor that would remove habitat. And so when we talk about the um, these dragons, what they used to call dragons, right? Um, what, some of them I think may have been dinosaurs. A lot of these proliferated in areas where it was once wetter.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, when was it wetter in the Middle East? When was it wetter in its tropical zones? And now it's desert today. Right. Well, it was wetter during the Ice Age. So the Ice Age lasted after the flood for several hundred years after the flood, the flood being you know, 4,400 or so years ago. So you're, you're talking about thousands of years ago, um, in the Middle East anyways, that it was a, it, there were wetlands back then. In that place today, it's desert, but it was wetlands and um, lots of rainfall that they don't get anymore. Right, and you can trace that in the scriptures too. Um, it, you know, for example, Genesis twelve: Lot and Abraham look over this area, and it says that Abraham saw it and saw that it was a well-watered land. So mm-hmm. Lot went there. Today it's a desert. I mean, it's 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 a, it's a flaming furnace of, <laughs> <laughs> of dry. Yes. Uh, dry land. So anyway, all that to say, what are the two main factors that cause creatures to go extinct today? Well, it's habitat loss through A, climate change, and B, humans moving in. Mm. And I think that's the same explanation that we, it's the most responsible explanation to invoke for past extinctions also, right are the same two that we see happening today. People move in during the swamps, get rid of and the creatures have nowhere to go so I think that's where they went they went extinct
0: sad but also not so sad since we don't have to deal with them like you said (laughs) Uh, it would be a very different world if we did have to deal with dinosaurs on the daily here in Dallas Texas Uh, right be a very different world Uh, but awesome thank you so much for sharing all that with me so we do actually have uh, a book uh, here it's called dire dragons it's a beautifully illustrated book. It's got all sorts of information about uh, dragon legends and, and dinosaurs and all of that. Uh, you can find it at our web store, uh, icr.org store. Or if you're here in Dallas, Texas, you can come into our Discovery Center. We have a bookstore on site and you can purchase this book. Thank you so much for being here, Dr. Thomas. Uh, it's a pleasure to talk with you. and. Uh, Thank you to all of our viewers and listeners for tuning in. Uh, as a reminder, this podcast is available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, make sure to leave us a like, subscribe, share with your friends, uh, share this with everyone, anyone who might have any questions about dinosaurs or dragons. Uh, we'd love for our podcast to reach more listeners. Uh, so, and with that said, I'm Trey, and uh, this has been The Creation Podcast. We'll see you next time.